Big Sky, Big Potential. In association with Mills and Reeve, this is Eastern Promise. Achieving more together. Norwich City takes the responsibility of helping in the community quite seriously. Fans get frustrated by what goes on on the pitch. Um, it doesn't matter to us whether we're you know, winning promotion to the Premier League, playing in um, playoff finals, or you know, unfortunately going through this situation of relegation, which we have done a couple of times. Our principles remain the same. Helping people is still non-negotiable. According to social anchor theory, Within any community, there are institutions that serve to anchor social networks. If there's any way to define the professional sports clubs in our region and beyond, whether football, cricket or rugby, it's as powerful social networks. Those networks don't only exist on match days. Through their own charitable trusts and foundations, they reach out beyond their stadiums and fan bases, championing those often overlooked by society such as the elderly, those with a physical or learning disability, those of us struggling with our mental health and well-being, or those from deprived and disadvantaged backgrounds. So important is their contribution that Eastern Promise wanted to salute their work, and there's no better place to start than Norwich City Football Club and their official charity, the Norwich City Community Sports Foundation. Where else would you look for a canary or two than the nest? The foundation's very impressive base, just north of Norwich, where I met foundation chief executive Ian Thornton, OBE. Ian Thornton, welcome to Eastern Promise and thank you for welcoming us to the nest. I oh, appreciate you coming and showing some interest in everything that we do and uh, I look forward to spending some time with you. Absolutely, our pleasure. So tell us, what are the uh, origins of the uh, Community Sports Foundation and, and, and how it also ties in with the Norwich City Football Club? So originally um, the foundation now is nearly just over 30 years old uh, and originally it was formed in partnership with the Professional Football Association. Mm -hmm. So it was linked to Norfolk County FA, it was linked to Norwich City Football Club and the principle was when ex-players came out of the game they had something to do. Um, traditionally they'd go and run a pub or they'd go and be a landlord somewhere or they'd go and be um, work on a building site. That was the principle and there was like lots of the guys were coming out of the game and had nothing to do from a work point of view. And some wise person come up and said, well they know football, they play football, why don't we get them to coach? Why don't we get them to you know, go and take the football club into schools and take football club into the community and, and be role models uh, and keep them in employment? So that's where the principle started some you know, 30, 35 years ago. Uh, and the County FA and Norwich City Football Club were very practice and they appointed two officers at the time. Uh, and we were living things like ground tours, birthday parties, soccer schools, uh, advanced coaching programmes. And then it kind of grew from there and it was like football clubs started to take real responsibility in the community. So like, it wasn't just what happened on the pitch on a Saturday afternoon, it, what happened yeah. off the pitch for the other following two weeks of how do we go and use the power of football, the power of the badge, the power of sport to work with children with disabilities or work with people with mental health or work with those with disadvantage to kind of be really inclusive. Yeah. So it started 30 years ago um, and it's just using the power of the badge, the power of the football club to get people employed uh, yeah. and engaged to uh, make a difference to their lives. I mean, it's, it seems strange to look at it now and, and, and you know, the, the way you describe about 30 years ago and how there were those sort of seem, what seemed to be very limited options for former players because you know time is the great enemy of us all but um, 
and, and now it seems strange, doesn't it? that you look at something like a, a, a former football player who's got that sort of in-depth, tight-knit team experience and think, well, you're just going to be a landlord. And, and something like this seems so much common sense. So can you sort of talk us through the model today? Because anyone who visits the, uh, the Community Sports Foundation website will be just blown away with what you're doing. There's so many fantastic, in, uh, encouraging stories on there. Yeah, the, the model now is, is around, uh, still exactly the same, using the principle of, of the badge, the principle of the power of sport. But actually, how can you really benefit community um, from a strategic point of view? Um, from an operational point, how can you help people with their self-esteem? How can you help people with their confidence? How can you get people to gain new skills and qualifications? And, and, and the principle was, was about getting ex-players back into employment. Now coaching, youth leadership, um, event management, a real serious career opportunity yeah. for young people to get into. So the foundation, uh, over a period of time, just had a principle to go and help people. And the more people we helped, the more staff that we needed. And then we kind of looked at our model, and our model wasn't kind of um, helping us as a, as a business. So we become a registered charity in 2001, uh, and obviously there's benefits of being a registered charity in terms of applying for additional funds, which means we yeah. can help more people. Yeah. Um, but the principle is really, really quite simple. The more people we can help, the more people we can reach, um, is, is what's really important to us. Our mission is to kind of make sure that we inspire and support our community as best we possibly can. Yeah. Uh, we have limited resources, like every charity does. Yes, of course. So from a business point of view, we have to be fairly strategic and create different kind of opportunities for funding. Our main motivation is impact. We love having impact on people's lives. Yeah. But you can only do that with income. In some cases, we have some wonderful volunteers. We have some unbelievable fundraising campaigns. So things like Run Norwich is, an, is a, a project that we mm. run. Uh, that's probably raised uh, just over a million pounds for Norfolk's charities. Uh, and we're one of the only charities that give up our biggest fundraising event to help other charities as well. So I've got an unbelievable group of staff that love representing Norwich City Football Club, love helping people. Um, and with the limited resources we have, we do as best we possibly can. From a business point of view, we started looking at things like our facilities in Norfolk. Uh, and over a period of time, county councils and borough councils and power councils didn't have the funds to go and invest in their facilities, yeah. um, which is totally understandable. Um, and whilst we've, uh, our Norfolk County Council have been brilliant with us, really, really supportive, um, we had to go and create our own facilities yeah. because the youth of tomorrow deserve better facilities. We wanted children in our um, disability programmes to have the same facilities as our first team professional players have, our women's team train up here. But from a business point of view, the, the nest is set up as a trading subsidiary. Like many charities have charity shops. The idea of the charity shops is they make money, then they can go back to the charity and the charity can go and help in the community. So we set this up as a trading subsidiary. One, to deliver all our activities and see more people. But two, if it makes any money, any money here goes back into helping someone, whether it be buying a cup of tea, hiring a pitch, booking a room. Everything yeah. is aimed at going straight back into the community to help Fantastic people. Um, and up here at the Nest, it's just um, it's quite inspiring. I, I don't come here and think it's work. I come here and think I'm really lucky, whether it's a mental health programme that someone's taken part in or whether it be a dementia programme through Duncan's Club. Um, I'm just... Um, you know, joy. I'm, yeah, I've been here, joy, isn't yeah, it? I've been here 30 years. I started on work experience, um, and I'm still here 30 years later, and I'm still motivated now as much as I was when I was a work experience student. That, that's fantastic. And to, to have these kind of facilities, um, you know, it's... it's Glorious! I can't, I can't think of a superlative uh, uh, great enough. But t tell us how you, 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 you sort of interact with the actual club itself, the, the main, the, not the main, but the, the, the football club itself, um, because you, I, I don't, you don't help help us understand kind of the, the tie-ins, such as the, the read across. Yeah, so we're Norwich City's official charity. Yeah. Um, we work very closely with the club um, as a technical word as our partner club, so to speak. 
nine times out of ten we'll try and operate as a community department so we'll inter have interrelationships with different members of the football club staff because their principle is how do we work with our players so for example we'll, we'll link with the training ground and the professional department regarding how do we bring children to the training ground who have got life limiting illnesses or injuries where we'll work with the football department to uh, bring young people up to the training ground to be inspired to meet the players um, and at times our football players will donate to our activities oh, wow. so, so they will pay for uh, different activities to be supported. So, for example, during COVID, um, the players, um, the executive team, the manager gave us £200,000 wow. during COVID um, at a time when um, the then health secretary was questioning Premier League footballers. Um, our guys already put their hand in their pocket and said, look, we want to go help in the community. Absolutely. And we, we were able to go and fund food boxes, help with PPE drops, uh, educational equipment, um, and, you know, and our staff rolled their sleeves up as they normally do, uh, and we were able to go and help. So that's how we worked with the football club at that time. And they used us as the vehicle to go and help in the community because they didn't have the department resources to do that. So you know, we are so proud to represent the football club in so many factors. But from a, a governance and a legal structure point of view, it's important that we have um, charitable status. We report yeah. to the Charity Commission. We have a set group of trustees that are kind of completely independent mm. from the football club. Um, and that helps us to not only sustain what we do, um, but helps us to be better and more efficient because we can draw on expertise from other areas. Yeah. So it's not just a football club organisation. It's actually we've got some real good independent trustees. So, for example, Jake Humphrey. Do you know I was going to say? The little known Jake Humphrey. Yeah. So Jake's a good old Norfolk boy. Yes. Yeah, so, so Jake's, you know, Jake's our chair, but he's also been a, a trustee for nearly uh, seven, eight years now. Um, unbelievably passionate about Norfolk, um, represents us as best he possibly can in a number of different global situations. But I've got some good, you know, trustees, people like Jeannie Barham, Gavin Drake, Mark Kerr, um, that are independent trustees that give us a skill set and knowledge to make this organisation better. Yeah. But we still work very closely with the executive director, which is Zoe Weber, and Tom Smith, who's a director of the, on, on the board of the football club, and our safeguarding lead. And that's where we link together, whether it be some governance things, whether it be safeguarding, whether it be data protection. So we just want to make sure that we're representing the football club and the foundation as best we possibly can, whilst respecting the governance procedures that we have to go through. Well, I think uh, what, one of the reasons I knew I was on the right lines in getting in touch... Uh, was I was at a, a completely non-sport related it was a musical uh, event on Saturday morning with my little one and there were two twins two twins a, a set of twins some twins there as well enjoying the event but they were wearing bright green yep. Community Sports Foundation canary badge mm. uh, tops yep. which I thought Absolutely. And if you look through the photos, and you've got some personal stories on, on the Community Sports Foundation website, uh, which I will uh, mention sort of in, the, in, the, in, the, in the closing bit of the narration. But, um, and all you get, all you see from those pictures where the kids are out there is joy. And you've got there's the, the team, the cerebral palsy team, or, or the, uh, I don't know how best to describe them, but uh, got through, got the, they, they, they won, didn't they? They won the national, the national finals. Yeah, they've gone through to the national finals, and they're a group of um, young people led by Darren Hunter, who's a disability officer. We kind of don't like using the word disability. No, it's, um, it's, a, it's a... But it's very common in terms of we talk to the parents, and they go, well, they have got a disability, but if you look at them, whether it be our power wheelchair team, it's sponsored by a local company called uh, Bateman's Groundworks. So we have a Down syndrome group on a, on a Saturday morning. Yes. They're happy to be called the DS group. So we ask them, what do you want to be called? And then you watch some of our um, participants have got learning challenges as well. And you can look at them and go, that's not a disability. Your ability to deal with the sport that you're playing with, the potential disability you've got is unbelievable. Indeed. Um, yes. So for us, it's pretty much about what their ability is, is what counts. Um, and our cerebral palsy team, great group of um, characters, um, have done particularly well from a competitive point of view. But if you look at 
uh, like-minded children. So we have a mini kickers disability session uh, down syndrome on a Saturday morning here. Parents will come together and make friends. Parents will, will see that someone else has got the same kind of challenges in terms that of their is, environment. I, yeah, that is so, so whilst important. you perhaps look at a young person playing sport and playing football out here, parents are making friends with each other um, to share good practice, good challenges, and they're helping each other out. But the other thing is if we look at within our kind of framework of our disability projects and our pathways, there's so many opportunities to represent Norwich City Football Club, there's so many opportunities to represent England uh, or yeah. other countries, depending on where they're, where they're born. Um, and just because you think you've got a disability is not a future for you. There's so many talented young individuals um, that, one, have a load of fun, two, have a lot of purpose in their life. That comes across really um, clearly. And, and for us, it's really important to be inclusive. Um, within a football club, we've got a saying that there's a home for everyone. Whether you're um, a three-year-old putting a shirt on out here for our mini-kickers or whether you're in a walking football session, you're 58 years of age, or in our extra time session, or whether you're in our advanced session, putting on the shirt of Norwich City is an unbelievable buzz. It, you know, yeah. it, it increases people's self-esteem. It makes them feel a part of their club. Um, and hopefully, you know, when you walk around the city and you see people wearing shirts or the Community Sports Foundation too, we want them to feel a part of us. Yes. Um, because look, look, technically they are the future. Um, but they're really important to us now because we want to inspire them, we want to infuse them, and our job is to provide environments that inspire and support. And you know, when you see them walking down the street or in the shops, we get motivated now yeah. uh, as much as we see them when you see a first team player playing at Carrow. It's the same feeling. You just want people to be a part of it. And it's, it's incredibly rich offer you have because it's not. There was a, a sort of skills session recently, am I right? Uh, in the, I, I, just, I, I saw the son of one of my neighbours actually in the photos, but uh, you know, being sort of sitting and listening to the sort of the. the, the a, a talk on, on skills. You've, you've got all these various teams through, through to the very oldest city yeah. fan, through to the very youngest. Yeah. And what gives you those, those ideas? Is it, you know, is it, is it, is it demand from the, the, the supporters? Is it what gives you those ideas? We need to do this for, for this community and bring them into our community. It's um. It's probably the same answer all the time. We're just motivated to represent the football club. Uh, we have an owner, uh, ship modelling Delia Smith and Michael and Jones, uh, and we have a new shareholder in, in Antanasios from uh, Milwaukee Brewers. They believe in community. They believe in the power of the sport to make a difference in the community. So it starts at the very top. Um, but for our point of view, I'm really lucky. I've got a great group of staff that are very creative, um, can see how we can work with young people, can see how we can work with the older generation. Um, and they get extremely passionate about you know, a child's health improving, you know, someone's confidence improving, someone gaining a new skill or qualification. There's so many different uh, outcomes you can get, whether it be a young player to become a professional, or actually someone actually getting out of the car, feeling comfortable to play um, walking football with another group of people and sharing their problem with an expert. That might have helped their mental health. So there's so many different ways of success. Um, but for us, I think we just ultimately love representing the football club and we love making a difference. Um, right. And if that inspires and supports someone, we go home and go, brilliant. Um, our challenge is we always look home and go, that's really good, but what could we do next? Exactly. Yeah. Um, that, that's probably why we've got to a situation where we're probably in the top five club community organisations in the country. I've got an unbelievable group of people, whether it be volunteers, fundraisers or staff, past and present, that have all just taken so much responsibility and their skill set has helped make a difference. This is our 3G AstroTurf surface, this is our Norfolk Higher uh, Nest Stadium pitch, so this gets used pretty much 50 to 60 hours a week, so right. on Saturday morning you'll have mini kickers, so children of 3, 4 and 5, and um, we'll have our uh, DS football squad, uh, which are a crazy bunch of people that <laughs> train on a Saturday morning. Um, 
they, they, lots of parents drop their kids off to come have some coaching. They come back and watch this group that train on yeah. this area here. Um, and then we have a number of our girls' programmes up here as well. And this is home on a Sunday afternoon for Norwich City women. Right. So this is a 100-seater stadium, uh, three sides. Uh, and then this afternoon, you can see the staff setting up for our football education programme. Yes. So we have 150 students, which technically is our sixth form college. So we, right. partner, we partner with Wentham Trust. Um, unbelievable organisation, some great leaders and great teachers involved with them. And we have a number of students that come and take part in our activities that do a BTEC Level 3 at the stadium. So we have classrooms at the stadium. Yeah. And um, we have classrooms at, at the school, uh, at Wentham Trust, um, where the staff support there. And then they come here and do their football uh, development oh, work. Wow. So in, in the cafe at the moment, you can see ex-players Simon Lappin from yep. Spain. This is Ryan Jarvis. Hello, Ryan. So Ryan's out preparing his session this afternoon, yep. and then the guys will take um, take the, the students for a game, uh, for a session this afternoon. Who have you got today, Ryan? Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham Hotspur. Very so, game. so we'll be playing the Tottenham yeah. Hotspur Foundation this afternoon. All right. Good. Good luck. <laughs> so Ryan, no, Ryan's a former player, um, very talented player in his youth. Uh, a lot of um, big clubs were after him. He went through the game, probably played about 400 professional appearances. As a Norwich boy, you know yeah. people tend to come home, yes. or if they tend to move here, they tend to stay. Mm -hmm. So Ryan is a very talented coach, great knowledge, um, and he wants to stay involved with the football club. So off the back of that, he's got employment, yeah. um, and his employment is to work with a group of young players, with Simon Lappin, uh, Adam Drury, former player, uh, club captain, lifted the trophy at um, the City Hall. They're the group of leaders that are taking these young people. Um, Fantastic. And I personally think they're unbelievably lucky. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's wonderful. It's wonderful to. You're right, and, and, and that's one of the wonderful things about Norfolk and the east of England, is that people come home. People, you know, you see it if you look at the, the statistics. Even with graduates, they eventually come back, and more more so here than anywhere else in in the country. I'm struck actually by all the all the big, uh, the, the the sponsors as well. There's huge like the huge as Nuffield Health, Tarmac, uh, Green Farm Coffee. Uh, you know, to, to get that level of support, that, that must be really, really encouraging. Yeah, we don't profess to be the experts at everything. Um, what we profess to be uh, very good at is engaging with people. Um, and if we can get people that have got other skill sets that can help us, um, we will work with them. In this context, partners are just unbelievably helpful to us. So our partners will, own, will also contribute financially, but many of them will take part in fundraising activities. Yeah. Or many of them will take part in... Um, support um, projects where they'll go and support a particular project. So, for example, Bateman Groundwork support our power wheelchair football team. Yes. Uh, Pim and Co. were involved with our soccer schools. Um, PJ Spillins were involved with our Challenge Woods, which you talked about earlier. Yeah. Uh, and companies like Gasway and Coder Agency, they all support, not just from a financial point of view, but they offer a skill base as well. They want to get involved with the foundation in some particular way that involves their employees, which again is a good piece of engagement work. But in the main, um, without partnership support, um, many things don't happen. Like for example, being at the Nest, the Football Foundation, um, yeah. unbelievable you know, level of funding they're put into this. Yeah. Um, Norfolk County Council put some money in, in as well. Uh, and together with the football club, the football clubs you know, could, could contribute significantly to this um, because they believe in community. Yeah, absolutely. It's that's it's it's really clearly at the heart at the heart of everything you're doing here. But uh, and this is a fantastic pitch. I mean, as someone who's uh, who's hated sport, but it, it is it is. I can tell it's a it's, it's a fantastic facility. Plus, you don't need to mow it, which is even better. But what next? What, what else can we? So we'll go. So we'll if you look, look around, around the grass pitches at the moment, so we've got some seven side pitches now. So we've got some different funding agencies working 
uh, with our staff, with a couple of young people. Yeah. Um, grass pitches are at a stage of the year where um, they're going to be looked after and retreated. Um, mm -hmm. And then hopefully we're in development, we're going to look at building another full-size 3G pitch um, wow. on the left-hand side, um, which again allows us to um, see more young people. Um, so that, that's that's a plan. Um, hopefully by September, October, if we get through the, the, the funding applications, we should have another three three G pitch here, uh, and then we've also got the main uh, the main Joma pitch on the far side and grass pitches. And these pitches are open for the local community, as much as yeah. they are to all our projects and programs. Yeah. And and to the right hand side here, we have aspirations to build some sports halls and build a proper youth hub. Oh, that's amazing. So that that's our. Um, that's our new vision, should I say. So well, this was our vision 20 years ago to have something like this. Now we've achieved probably 60% of it. Well, you keep moving. That's amazing. That's fantastic. And uh, I hope people listening to this, um, how could they get involved if, they, if, if there are people listening to this who want to contribute to that? Uh, probably the same thing is just have a look on our website, which is yeah. communitysportsfoundation.org.uk. Um, have a little bit of time to kind of um, move around the website. Um, we have lots of opportunities. We don't profess to help, be able to help everybody because we don't got, we've not got no, our own skills not, and we no. perhaps haven't got them resources. But you know, from a young person um, that wants to be active, wants to be involved, or someone who's a parent of someone that perhaps you know has got some social isolation issues or they struggle with their mental health, but they know they love football and they want to be involved. Um, it's sometimes it's a it's a, a daughter that recommends a dad. To, yeah. come up, to come along to be involved. Really? Dad might not look on Facebook, um, and it'll be a, you know a son that brings his mum to um, Duncan's club or to be involved with the running club that we have up here as well. So I'd encourage people just to have a little look round um, who want to get people active, who want to build people's confidence, that want to be involved with their football club more than just on a match Brilliant. day. Um, and there's lots of opportunities. I mean, I love the fact the ambition keeps coming. Uh, and, and there's always, you know, as you say, the ambition to do more for the community. We've got this, it's brilliant, but you, you're not resting on your laurels. You're saying, what can we do now? Where can we go next? And that's, that's, um, that really is, is creditable. I, I appreciate that, and um, that's not something I can take the credit for. I've got um, an unbelievable kind of group of senior leaders in uh, Gavin Coe, Stevie Bramble. Uh, my wife, Jackie Thornton, is an unbelievable, um, yes. skilled person. She, she's responsible predominantly for most of this um, activity at the nest and between the kind of four of us um, we kind of drive each other, each other on yeah. to, to try and think what can we do next we're now just going to get um, drowned by a helicopter over by a helicopter just coming over the nest so it's, it's location next to the Norwich airport yes. as it benefits <laughs> this is our challenge woods it's um, fantastic it's, it's... this was a, a concept that Jackie came up with um, in 2019. This was a kind of a wooded area. Um, then one day she put a sign up that says Challenge Woods and we didn't really know what she was thinking. Uh, we didn't really know why she put the sign up because we didn't have any money to put anything out uh, and do that. She said, no, it'd be really good that we've got a wooded play area that children could come and spend time together other than just doing football. So this was funded by the Norfolk County Council. Yep. Um, and at the start of, of the COVID lockdown, um, we had the plan signed off. Um, but didn't have any funding. So we applied yeah. for some funding. Uh, I'm very grateful that through their infrastructure fund that they signed off the money. Brilliant. And then three months after COVID, when uh, some staff were allowed to come out and work, um, there was approval for the guys to come out and work. And these four guys turned up um, with loads of wood, all the plans, and we kind of left them to it. Um, <laughs> and this arose. And this is what they made. Um, there's platforms, the slides, netting. There's a zip wire over there. There's lots of... Uh, picnic benches for families and for parents 
Uh, gosh, it goes quite high over there. Yeah, it's quite impressive really in terms of whether it be the climbing wall, the zip wire, the slides. Uh, and the kind of social areas. The other thing to remember is it's, it's easy car parking. Yeah, access, it is. Access off the Borden Way. And then obviously you look at the clean toilets uh, and every parent loves a good cup of coffee. Yes. Um, so them three things are attractive as well. Um, but what we did find was um, coming out of COVID, which is, is a time that none of us really knew what was going on, um, we were doing separate kind of bookings where small numbers could come and play, could come and meet to get their fresh air and go to certain areas, all within the guidance and the rules that was allowed. And it was quite emotional that you were seeing nans and granddads be, you know, see their grandchildren for the first time in four or five months. Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, and during that, in 2020, we saw 13,000 people on the Challenge Woods, uh, you wow. know, meeting because they haven't been out for a while. And we want to be a football club that's more than just football. This is our clubhouse. Yeah. So formerly, um, when we purchased the site in 2017, 2018, this was Anglin Window Sports and Social Club. Right. Um, we used to do lots of activities at Norwich Union's Pine Banks. Um, yes. And then we walked off Pine Banks one day, myself and my wife at the, t um, at the time, we just said, look, we've got to have one of these facilities. Children deserve it, we need it. Mm -hmm. So we spent you know, about 15 years saving money up through the foundation to try and be able to buy a piece of land. And we yeah. walked over so many sites, it was unbelievable. And one day we walked into this site at Anglin Windows Sports and Social Club and the clubhouse was here. Um, the Betamax video, the VHS video were all still behind the bar with the, yeah. with the, the, the Toby jugs and the Hamlet cigars. <laughs> and nothing else was here, so the new building that you see in terms of the hub, that wasn't here, there was yeah. a bowls club here. And pretty much the site was dilapidated and shut for like four or five years, mm. um, with the grass was really high. And we thought, hold on a minute, location is brilliant, um, the clubhouse is brilliant, we've got the potential here to do what we kind of had the vision to do. Uh, and we managed to get a, an agreement in place um, to, to purchase the site. Yeah, um, and then the rest is history. Really, the vision started taking place, and arguably, it's like a massive game of Jenga. We just keep trying to build things where we possibly can. Absolutely, because the more we keep asking people to say, "Can you help?" They say, "Well, can we do this and can we do that?" And we all say, "Yeah," but we need the space to do that. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the, the the theme from the nest is is, is really sort of present here as well. We've got the the wood, the very bright yellow signs, uh, the grey, uh, very lovely. And you've got this sort of, the, the support, build the nest supporters wall. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's, what is it, 20, not quite, no more than that, 24 com uh, companies um, listed there, Chaplin Farrant, we know. Uh, fantastic stuff. Yeah, really so great. Very much what you said earlier, without partnership support, these things yeah. don't happen. Absolutely. So the, the idea of the clubhouse was, um, how do we create a warm feeling where people feel comfortable? Um, the name of the nest came from kind of a tip of the hat to the past, mm -hmm. the nest being the former home of the football club. Yeah. So that's where they used to play their games years ago until it wasn't kind of fit for purpose anymore. But when you look at the word nest, what does it actually mean? Well, it means nurture, yeah, it means grow, course. it yeah. means develop. It's a great name, yeah. And, we, and the two kind of connotations work for us. It was like this complete tip of the hat of respect for the football club. But actually, what do we want to do? We want to protect people, we want to grow them, we want to develop them. Mm -hmm. um, and we want to help them when we possibly can. And that's what, yeah. and that's what a nest does. Yeah. So the full name is the nest, Norfolk's Community Hub, because we want it to be Norfolk's Community Hub. Absolutely. Uh, we, want, you know, we want people to come together. We'll kind of look at Duncan's Club. Yes, yeah, you a, mentioned Duncan's club earlier yeah thank you very much so this is our um, engaged place um, uh, yeah it says that on the wall in big letters we've got all the, uh, the tv set up which says welcome to duncan's club obviously duncan is a former player of the football club yeah an iconic legend uh, 
six foot two, eyes are blue. Duncan <laughs> Forbes is going to get you. Um, if you wanted to remember Duncan, not for his um, unfortunately passing away because of dementia, but we wanted to remember him for his leadership skills. Yeah. We wanted to remember for his character. We wanted to remember his personality. And Duncan's club is everything that Duncan stood for as a human being. That he was fun. Absolutely. Um, he was um, a joyous person to be around. But he wanted people to have a good time and be supported and. And to be fair to the volunteers and the staff, they create an atmosphere here that is very comfortable. You can hear it. Dementia. You can hear it. You can hear the buzz, the liveliness, the fun, uh, the fact that people are having a great time in each other's company uh, at Duncan's Club. What a wonderful thing. Yes, yeah, so we've got some of the guys today from Pink and Pickers. So they're one of the fundraising groups through the, uh, the Pink and Message Forum. They do a lot of fundraising competitions. They'll come and have a chat to the... Uh, Participants today, and some will come with with dementia at different levels of um, at different stages of dementia. But some will have carers with them as well. Yeah. Some of the carers may stop and go and have a cup of tea in the cafe and give them a breather for the respite care that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Uh, some will stay, and what they'll do is they'll reminisce. So that if on their table yeah. they'll, they'll reminisce about a story of the past, whether it be a game, whether it be a shirt, uh, whether it be an occasion. Yeah. And, and the guys that lead this are unbelievably talented. Uh, and it looks like today's. Oh wow! Today's theme is talking about TV westerns and bonanza. Yes. <laughs> so it's not just all about sport; it's about things that they may remember. Yes. Uh, to spark conversation, to put a smile on their face. Absolutely. Um, I mean, the, the, this is not the first time we've come across something like this. The history of, uh, of advertising trust, which is out on the Waveney Valley, uh, they. Um, they have a, 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 an initiative, an app, to, to use it, you know, advertising with the past, not unlike what you've just shown me, to, to, to make that, to, you know, help people make those connections and talk about the past and, and, and spark memories. Thank you. And uh, it's wonderful to see so many organisations in, in Norfolk and, and, and the east of England get involved in that. But you talked about earlier about um, music and uh, you've been involved with music with your daughter. So music within Duncan's Club is very powerful. Yeah, I was we could hear. We had, um, um, so the they will, um, that they will sing old songs. Yeah. And probably one of the most motivational moments we've had as a group of staff recently is um, one of the guys was um, singing in, in, in there. I think it was a Sweet Caroline or a good old yeah. on the ball city song. Um, and his, his wife had been over to the cafe in the hub just to have a, a breather and walked back with a member of staff to say... Why is my husband singing? <laughs> uh, and we, the, the answer was quite simple: it was because um, that's what they were doing. Yeah. She said, "No, why, why is my husband singing?" And this, the answer was quite simple: this yeah. is what they're doing. Yeah. And she went, "No, you, you missed my point. He hasn't spoke for two years. <laughs> why is he and singing?" Your dog. Well, amazing. Um, so this is our. Um, allotment area. It is, it's very um, You may see Alex. Alex is obviously on the far side. Yeah. So Alex is part of our DS program. Yeah. Um, takes part on a Saturday morning. He might give us a thumbs up. He does. Um, so his father comes in and helps as well and he has a carer. Um, and we've kind of worked together with them to say, look, do you want to create an area that they can practice and learn some skills in terms of an allotment? So they grow the some um, some vegetables and then vegetables, believe it or not, go into the the kitchens and the stuff. Actually, I knew you. I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to say that. But that's actually amazing, and it's it's a beautiful, beautifully kept allotment. I have to say. Yeah, I must say they are talented and they they love it. Um, Alex's dad is outstanding. Alex learns new skills. He gets to meet new people as well. Um, they're just putting a pond in at the moment. But what I what I really love is you've not gone. Let's help. You know. Oh, we can't do that. You've not even gone. Let's help you find somebody who can do that for you. Let, you've gone, let's do it. Yeah. 
let's do it here and let's get it done. And 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 you have and you've you, you know walked the walk, walk, walk and talked talk the talk and walked the walk, which is which is you know. I don't want to say a rare thing in our day and age, but it's certainly a remark a remarkable thing that you've you, you keep looking for new ways to support the people that you've 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 sort of set out, you, you uh, uh, support the community. And yeah, I don't know if we're um, I don't know if we're daft um, no? or, or over motivated with it, but <laughs> someone uh, similar to yourself kind of interviewed us five or six years ago and went. You could really just sit back and just continue to do the norm like everyone else is doing, and you'd be fine having an easy life. No, that wouldn't. That, I can tell that isn't you, and that isn't the team here. It's that constant mo- motivation to, okay, we're doing this, but we want to do more. I mean, that's why I didn't stop. I, I was doing a podcast. I could have carried on doing the podcast, but want to take it further. So I, I really recognise and relate relate to what you're saying that you you you, just, you want to do the right thing by your community, and you know extend your definition almost of what that community is which is which is which is which is wonderful it's really energizing uh, to co- to come here and sort of experience that and you're, you're very, very if i may say so very softly spoken and very modest about that contribution but it's but it's massive and it's something that, that i think the county and the region uh, norfolk and and the wider region can, can all be so proud of that you you're, you're really kind of leaders in the field in this kind of community engagement uh, no i really appreciate that and I'm unbelievably lucky from a, mm. a trustee point of view, from a nest director's point of view, from a group of staff and volunteers and fundraisers, that I'm just one small cog in this. And you, you kind of mentioned at the start that the kind of three letters of OBE, which is something I'm actually really uncomfortable about. Do you know what? I had a feeling. I, I, that's why I haven't, I haven't brought it up because I thought, do you know what? I bet he didn't. He, he, he sort of felt like this is really for you, you guys, and that you, 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 you would have felt that sense of disco- un, uh, un, discomfort in being kind of singled out in that way. Yeah, it's something I didn't like. I mean, don't get me wrong, I was, I was honoured to meet the king uh, at the time of the coronation, uh, being around, you know, receiving communications through the queen regarding the jubilee. But this is, I've accepted this award on behalf of the foundation. Yes. And if we were to measure success whether it be a certificate or a medal or a cup or a trophy of any kind of sporting uh, achievement kind of the OBE title is for everybody yeah we've all contributed so much it's past staff present staff you know so many people have helped us get to this point partners we talked about earlier um and I'm just the unfortunate guy that's got a little bit of attention because of it um but when I spoke to you know without name dropping as such when I spoke to the king he asked about Norwich City yeah. which I was amazed he said the word Norwich City that kind of struck me to start with um, and my, well, my words were quite simple I'm here to represent the foundation the football club um, for all that we do in the community I wasn't there for myself no of course I was there to represent us and if, if there's a measure to, to work out have you got any acknowledgement of what you've done over them 30 years as a whole group of people I've taken it as that measure mm. I think your, 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 your leadership and the leadership of your team is so crucial in that and that might not be any, anything necessarily you're comfortable recognising, but it, it is obvious. But you, you know, the leadership you've shown in stopping and talking to the, the, the members of your team, rather than saying I'm just doing an interview, I have to press on, is 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 really encouraging and amazing, and it's it's lovely to see. And here we are. Oh, I feel like I'm. Uh, this is this, the stones in the floor that are all sort of marked with the nests. 
uh, logo. Yeah, um, these, these are all the people that um, significantly supported us in a number of different ways, whether it be the New Anglia LEP, whether it be the Greater Norwich Growth Board, you know, two organisations that have a significant impact strategically in, into Norfolk. Yeah. They saw the vision, they understood it. Um, and they invested in it from a financial right point too. of view. Absolutely. Um, and in turn, uh, you know, we're, we're able to help lots of people because people like that have actually seen seen the benefit. A lot of them are members of staff. Yeah, um, the Lapping family. That there. have gone out of their way um, to help us. Some have been organisations that have actually contributed their time um, because of the skill set they've got. Whether it be an electrical company, mm -hmm. someone like Orange Fox who help us. Um, or just individuals, uh, family members. The football club have uh, obviously supported. There was where we've got a fan social club in terms of forces to Canaries. Former player in uh, John Ruddy and his family mm. um, sponsored a number of different rooms. So ex-players like Russell Martin, Wes Houlihan and current players like Angus Gunn who ran our programmes have all contributed um, to the foundation different way. But look, this is a massive, massive team effort. Um, yeah. And my role is, uh, and Jackie's role and Gavin's role and Stevie's role is to pull people together. Um, uh, and with more people, we can get more done. The nice thing is, we're still going. You, yeah, absolutely. I can feel like there's always you always feel like there's more to do. Um, at Evolve Electrical, I think they did our uh, they did our solar panels. Yeah, so some of these um, are some of our trustees here. So you can see, um, so Jake Humphrey's here. Paul Knowles has been instrumental. Paul's yes, here, Paul, I saw him on the on the list. Yeah, so Paul's been uh, his, his company is involved with building partnerships in Norwich, but as a chairman for nine years. Yeah. You now his son was involved with the program. Yes. At the age of seven, um, a number of years after that, we, we lost um, William to leukemia. Oh. But um, Paul wanted to stay involved with the program. Yeah. And Paul has a skill set in property development and land development. He has Very a son useful, that yeah. benefited from the foundation's activities. And he just said, Ian, I want to give back. How can I stay involved? So mm. that's where you look at your trustee base and skills that you haven't got and get people around you that have got them kind of skills. So yeah. Paul's been, been critical in what he's done. Uh, and you look at people like Avant uh, that have helped us, uh, a Finnish-based company based in East Anglia that bring a, an unbelievable piece of kit across to help us um, manage the pitches. And you've got wow. ex-players like Wes Houlihan, Jeffrey Watlin's trust. You know, Jeffrey Watlin was a saviour of the football club many years ago. Yes. And his charity has donated money. And then you can see people like Brian Gunn, Delia Smith, yes. Michael Wynne Jones, Etty Smith, who's Delia's mum. She's got a major kind of passion for young players at the football club and sponsors the Young Player of the Year. But there's lots of people on here that have um, Norfolk Hire, uh, yeah. Bernie Sunley Foundation. So many names. So many people have helped yeah. out. But these people get it. Of course. And, and when we talked about earlier the power of sport, the power of football, we have to look at it from a youth point of view is this is just a kind of a hook to engage people and if they come away from here with a skill a qualification a new friend an improvement of self-esteem um, a link to another project to kind of benefit society then great um, we've just completed our social return on investment um, piece of work and our value to norfolk was around about 14 million pounds in terms of social return on investment in terms of saving on nhs or saving to yeah. other resources so that's something that we're really proud of. Um, but again, it's, it's all about, it's driven on lucky to be involved. We're, we're lucky to represent the football club. We're lucky to represent the foundation. And that's all it is. There's nothing special. <laughs> Just lucky. Well, I don't know, I don't know about that. Um, certainly, when you see the Tottenham Hotspur and uh, playing the, uh, the, the Canaries out the, out the back. But Ian Thornton, thank you so much for your time. What an incredible place. What an incredible team. And, you know, you do so many fantastic things for the community, for Norfolk, for Norwich. Thank, all we can say is thank you and how terribly proud we are of you and your, you guys and all you do. No, thank you for showing the interest in us and hopefully if anyone's listening, they want to get involved or they want to help or want to be a part of it, look, just have a little Google, reach out. Uh, I hope they pick up the podcast and they listen to it even further, but look, please stay involved. If you want anything else from us, then it's not a problem.
my huge thanks to Ian and all the family at The Nest. The lengths that the foundation is going to, to serve its community, are very impressive indeed. As a parent of an SEND child, the sight of other kids wearing the Norwich City Community Sports Foundation t-shirts and tracksuit tops around the city is both relatively common and heartwarming. Next month, we'll be dropping in on the Cambridge United Foundation and talking to Foundation Head Vicky Neal. That was a real treat to visit and record, so stay tuned for that one. The Eastern Promise Podcast is a Priors Croft production for the Eastern Promise Community Interest Company and was brought to you in association with Mills and Reeve. Achieving more together. You can contact Eastern Promise and find out more about what we do by visiting our website, easternpromise.org.uk. Eastern Promise is a Priors Croft production on behalf of the Eastern Promise East Anglia Community Interest Company.